Welcome to episode number six of the Structured Flow Show. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about the last pillar of Structured Flow's five pillars of success, which is develop your Structured Flow. Welcome to the Structured Flow Show, the show where we talk about embracing flexibility and productivity in your daily life and business. I'm your host, Emily Allen, and I want you to be able to heal and change your relationship with time so that you have an awareness of understanding what the next right winning moves are in order for you to be able to make really powerful moves, the most powerful moves in your life and your business. Hello again, my friends, and thank you so much for continuing to support me on this podcast journey. It's been so much fun, and I am excited to share today's episode with you. Today is going to be filled with more detail and a bit more teaching, so I encourage you to grab a notebook and a pen so you can take some notes as I'm going through this. And today is all about developing your structured flow or your ideal week your system for staying on track each week, which is pillar number five in Structured Flow's Five Pillars of Success. So you guys, I can remember managing my time in a calendar already when I was in middle school. I had so many babysitting jobs to keep track of, plus, you know, keeping track of the mornings and the nights that I needed or rather was expected to help out on the farm. Then into high school, Again, I had several jobs, lots of extracurricular activities and homework and, you know, who knows what else. So needless to say, I had a lot to keep track of. And I remember tracking it on a simple paper wall calendar. But, you know, that worked for me. But it wasn't until I was in college and had some internships and even got into corporate that my eyes were opened to other types of planners like Franklin Covey and getting things done and Oh my goodness, I was hooked. I could not live without getting a new one each year. It was like a security blanket for me. My whole life was stored in there. Not really, but it sort of felt like it. It has really just become a part of who I am. And there's something about a fresh new calendar and planner that you get to fill it out. So if you're a planner lover like me, I'm sure you can relate. And my most favorite planner so far has probably been the day designer. But here's the thing. I personally don't think anyone should purchase a planner until they have done some pre-work. Now, don't get me wrong. They are wonderful tools to have, but that's the key. They are tools. And for me, you must 100% have a process in place before you pick any tool. Otherwise, it's just a waste. If you don't have a process in place for how to create a to-do list or how to plan your days and weeks, how are you going to be able to pick a tool that works for you to stay accountable and on track? I meet so many women who share with me their piles of planners that they've purchased, um, that they're not even half used or they have never been opened. And yes, like I mentioned before, There is nothing better than opening up a brand new planner with crisp, clean, and empty pages to start planning and tracking. But 
If it's not right for you or you have no idea how to really stick with it, then it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of your energy and your money. You're going to end up being frustrated for not using that planner or feeling guilty for not sticking with it or you know, you're going to be overwhelmed and say, forget it. I'm just going to continue to manage it in my head or post-its, or I'm going to go with the flow or fly by the seat of my pants. And to that, I say no, no, and no. That's where I want to put my foot down and say, stop doing that to yourself. It's really time to create a process using the structured flow system that you can actually see yourself doing and following where it is actually fun and you don't dread planning out your weeks on Sunday afternoons, where you're actually reshaping your schedule to your priorities in life and work. And you know you're going to get the right things done. And you do this by creating your structured flow system. And if you've already listened to episodes two through five, you are well on your way. And if not, no worries, you can easily go back and listen because they're pretty short episodes and you can get caught up quickly. Now, it's very likely that you've heard about the ideal week concept before, but maybe you didn't feel like it was something for you or you didn't think it would have an impact on your life, or maybe you even tried it in the past, but you're ready to try it again, taking into account what's going on in your life and working right now. So no matter which of those best describes you, you're in the right place today because we're going to talk about how you can create your structured flow, your ideal week, because when you're able to do this, it creates so much relief, so much more happiness in your life. But even though you've heard about ideal week, you know, what is it really? Well, this is truly your guide to aligning your vision for life and work with your reality. I had a conversation with another business owner recently and she she worded it perfectly that it's modifying it for reality. And it's really easy to create a calendar with every hour allocated to something, but is that true to what is really happening in your life? Is it really possible for you to allocate every hour to something different? Does it even make sense for you right now? And so modifying your calendar to reality couldn't be more true. And one of the biggest reasons why I created the structured flow method, because so often we see work and then, you know, life and home as two separate things, which, which they are, however, they need to be integrated more, especially when we're talking about planning our time efficiently, you have to be aware of what is going on at home and how it impacts your time at work and vice versa. Now, I don't mean that you shouldn't work for two weeks straight because something came up at home and you're using it as an excuse. Uh, You you just need to acknowledge that your time for that week may look different or you need to carve out some time during the day for an appointment or a nap or whatever it looks like. So again, you can think of your ideal week as the glue that connects your vision your purpose, with your day-to-day tasks and activities. It's like a vision board of your time with a calendar instead of pictures. But for real, your ideal week is a fully aligned calendar for both life and work. And to start, remember in episode two, 
And we talked about taking inventory of what you're currently spending your time on. It's hard to visualize or create a future state or an ideal week if you don't know where you're currently spending your time. So doing this activity will help you make better decisions about what do you want to start? What do you want to stop? What do you want to continue? Then pillar number two, where we're connecting and listening, it's about taking the inventory you have and connecting and listening to yourself and really being able to assess what's coming up when you look at that. What are you hearing? So what do you want to continue doing? What do you want to stop doing? What do you want to start doing? What things align or don't align with you? What are you doing too much of? What aren't you doing enough of? I remember one of the first times I did this, I found that I was spending too much time in other people's businesses. And that's when I was providing done-for-you services. And the work I was doing for my business was more of the busy work the operational things and on volunteer activities that I signed up for, uh, for school with the kids. And I wasn't spending enough time on marketing my business and working on the bigger ideas that I had. And I also learned that I just wanted more time and space to think. So you can see the value of evaluating your time and then spending time to connect and listen to, again, what is coming up as you look at that time. Then in pillar number three, which is innovate, you start to challenge the status quo. You start to challenge yourself. Ask yourself even more questions about why are you doing something in a certain way or at a certain time? Why are you doing things the way that they've always been done? When you do this, it gives you even more insight into how you want your ideal week to look. Again, you have to assess what's currently happening before creating something new. Then there's pillar number four, which is think big. And this is where it gets to be a little bit more fun. Uh, since you now have more clarity around what's currently going on and what you're looking to change, it's time to be creative and have some fun for what you want your time to really look like each week. And if you listen back to episode number five, this is where we talk about your top priorities right? The main areas that you want to focus on. And there are more areas than just work, which is where we often seem to focus most of our time. So for me, there's work, there's health or self-care relationships. And I also put on there volunteering and household. And then within each of those, there are specific activities I will work on. So for example, for work, I will allocate time for email, for social media, for writing, prospecting, client work. For volunteer, I have three boards that I'm currently supporting. So I need to be able to allocate time for those because again, it's a priority for me. For health and self-care, I have meal planning, there's meal prepping, grocery shopping, times when I'm going to move or work out. I've got morning routines, evening routines. And then for household, there's laundry days, there's cleaning days, um, cleaning out the car, things like that, that I like to make sure are on the calendar as well. And so essentially, these are going to be the premise for your time blocks on your calendar. So then we're, we're here today at pillar number five in developing your structured flow. So that's pulling all of these things together. So to get started, 
I want you to first pick a time to do this when you're not rushed. The kids, your spouse, your partner, your pets aren't going to interrupt you. This is your time to be creative and your time to focus. So go light a candle, grab a cup of tea or coffee or even a glass of wine, maybe even turn on some motivational or inspirational music and be in a comfortable space. You want to make designing this a really fun and relaxing experience. Then second, I want you to pull out the notes that you've already taken regarding where you have spent your time, kind of what you're going to stop, what you're going to start, what you're going to continue, kind of what's been coming up for you, along with your priorities, your activities, maybe even grab your vision and your goals for the next three months, six months, and a year from now. So when you have all that information, I want you to answer these questions. What days of the week are you working? Your brain may say that you need to work six days a week, but is that really what you want? I want you to be real about it. What is realistic with your current life and the current stage that you're in? And what you feel good about doing? I know I could work seven days a week, but that doesn't mean I'm going to, right? We can always get more done, but if you don't take a break, then it's not going to be good for you and your business long-term. That's not something that you want to continue to do. Maybe you only have daycare three days a week. Great. Those are the days that you dedicate to working. Enjoy the other two days with your kiddos. Again, that's an example. So again, figure out which days of the week are you working? Next question, what hours are you available to work? Right? When do you work best? When do the kids get up? Do they nap? Are they in school for only half days? Take those things into consideration to get really clear about what do my working hours look like? For me, all the kids are in school and I could work at least six and a half hours every day for sure. Even more if I get up early in the morning or work later in the evening and weekends if I wanted to, right? They're old enough and my husband would support me. But what I learned is that for me and my personality, after four hours, my energy starts to drain. And if I want to show up and be present with my family, I have to make sure I don't overextend myself because it has impacts down the road for me and for those around me. Or if I just want to get some other things done on my priority list, I can't spend all of my time in just work. A couple other questions you can ask yourself is, what time do you get up in the morning? What time do you want to get up in the morning? What time do you want to go to bed in the evening? Do you have a morning routine? If so, when does that take place? Do you have an evening routine? If so, when does that take place? All of this information will help you as you move forward to creating your structured flow. So now that you have that information, now I want you to pick a method to map out your ideal week. And what I mean by that is it can be like your Google Calendar or it could be your Apple Calendar. It could just be paper and pen. It could be your bullet journal, post-it notes. It really doesn't matter. Just make sure you have a way to really visualize an entire week with days across the top and times down the left. 
I personally love to use my Apple desktop calendar with some fun emojis, which then syncs to my Google Calendar or my phone. Again, Google Calendar is also a great place because you can color code the time blocks as well. And so once you decide that, I wanna mention that for right now, I'm gonna have you keep this separate from your, I'll say quote unquote, real calendar that you're currently using every day. We're gonna be playing and designing and moving things around a bit. So I don't want you to get lost with what else is on your calendar. So if you're doing this electronically, just create a new calendar so you have a place again to play without disrupting your real calendar. And I want you to remember too, that this is not exactly a real schedule. It's meant to be super, it's not meant to be super specific, but more about the time and energy you wanna spend on certain activities. And remember, we're dreaming and we're playing and nothing is set in stone. You're creating your ideal week. So don't let your inner critic tell you that you can't have this, that you can't do this. Again, this is the ideal situation. And it might not happen overnight, but instead small increments over time. But if you don't put it out there, you're not going to see it. You're not going to dream about it. You're not going to want it. So you can go ahead and start adding your time blocks to your week. And as you do that, you're going to want to consider when do they happen? Right? When is my morning routine? Is that what day? What time? How often do they need to happen? Multiple times a day, multiple times a week. And what is the duration? And I would also recommend adding your non-negotiables to your calendar first. So what do I mean by that? I mean that if once the kids are off to school or with the sitter and you really want some quiet time reflecting or journaling for 30 to 60 minutes before you start your day, then add that in. We don't want to forget those important things. If you really want 30 minutes to transition from work to home, add that in at the end of your day. Don't sacrifice it because you think it isn't possible. It is possible. You have to make it possible. So take some time playing around with your priorities in the days of the week and see what you come up with. Then kind of sit back, look at it, observe and decide, you know, how does this feel? Does it look good? Have I covered all my priorities? Does it feel like a bit of a stretch? If it is, I say, good. <laughs> you know you can't keep doing things the way you are. So this will challenge you a bit. And again, it's not carved in stone. And if you try it for two weeks, you'll see what you like and don't like, and you can make refinements from there. Now, I don't want to throw so many things at you at once, but there are a few other things I'd like to share with you as you are designing your week that may or may not be helpful, but without having a conversation with you, I don't fully know, but want to make sure you at least hear them so that you can decide. So themes. I want to mention themes because having themes for your days is another way to stay focused and productive. As moms, right, and entrepreneurs, we have a lot of things competing for our attention and so if we dedicate certain days of the week to certain activities, then you don't have to focus on all the activities every single day. Now, this isn't the same for everyone and does depend on the business you have or services that you're offering. But an example could be that you dedicate Mondays to meetings with clients, 
Tuesdays are meeting with prospects. Wednesdays are for content. Thursdays are for more deep work. And Fridays are your administrative days. Again, just an example. Another option, which I believe Jack Canfield teaches, but that's to keep it a little bit more general. And maybe you have two days, like Mondays and Fridays, as buffer days. And Tuesday and Thursdays as focus days, where you're really doing deep work and working on your business. And then one day, maybe Wednesdays, it's a free day where there's no work at all, just fun, do what you want. So you can see that it provides some structure, but allows flexibility in exactly what you're doing on those days. Something else to give consideration to is task batching. Very similar to time blocking and themes, but this is grouping similar tasks together. And you might already be familiar with this, but you might dedicate two hours on a certain day to write a blog post and your social media post for the week. You may spend an hour on Friday afternoons or on Sunday morning to do your planning for the week ahead. You may also dedicate two 30-minute increments to process email throughout each day. You can see how this is more efficient, right, than constantly switching from one thing to another all throughout the day. So whether it's time blocking, themes, or batching, this gives you the confidence that all of the things that you want to focus on for the week are going to get taken care of because they have the appropriate amount of time allocated on your schedule. And just to share, you know, for me lately, I've been loving having Thursdays and Fridays free of meetings. Thursdays, I tend to do a bit more deep work and Fridays are more administrative and closing out the week and looking forward to the next week a bit. Now, once you've created your ideal week, if it's in an electronic format, you can color code them um, and set them up to be recurring each week. You can also print it off so you have a copy with you all the time or next to your computer as you're planning for the weeks ahead. So you're probably wondering, how do I use this beautifully designed ideal week? Well, I want you to refer to it daily. I want you to refer to it weekly. As you look at what you need to do, what you want to get accomplished each week, you now have the structure in place to support it, right? Because you have your priorities on there. You have it allocated. So when someone asks to meet with you, you're going to be able to look at your calendar and see where you have time allocated to take a sales call or coffee chats. Perhaps it's on your themed meetings day. Now, depending on how you work, you may use these general blocks on your real calendar. I don't want you to have a calendar that's overwhelming to look at um, because remember, your calendar isn't a to-do list, but really a reference for where you should be or what you should be working on at any given moment. So within those time blocks, you may want to get more specific. For example, my morning routine, I have 5 a.m., wake up, shower, get ready. 6.30, that's coffee, breakfast with the kids, take out the dog, maybe do some meal prep. 7.30, we leave the house. 7.45, 8 o'clock, dropping the kids off at school. 8.30, I'm back at home and in my office. So that's pretty detailed, but again, depending on your style, you may want that to get started. The other thing I want to mention is that you may already have standing meetings with clients or team members, and that's okay. However, 
depending on when they are, and as you're creating your ideal week, when you actually want to have those meetings, I'm challenging you to move them. Yes, to reschedule them. It's okay to do that. I recently was working with a client who reshaped her schedule to take client calls only in the afternoons. Some of her clients weren't thrilled, but it really supported her energy and what she already had going on in the mornings and then how she wanted to show up for her business. And the one other thing I want to address is life, right? What do I do when life gets in the way? Because we all know it will. The goal is to use your most productive time for the harder top priority things. You'll have times when you need to reschedule appointments or take care of sick kids or move things around, maybe because of a deadline or a project or just needing more time to wrap up a task. But having a daily routine is really going to help things flowing along most of the time. Right? We have the ideal week. It may not be followed to a T every single week, but again, it is structure. It allows for you, again, to see where you should be, what you should be working on, but we have the flexibility to to change and to flow within that. Now, the only thing left to do is to go try it out. I really recommend at least two weeks for sure because no week is the same and you don't want to give up before you really started. After that, you ask yourself, how does it feel? Do your time blocks make sense? What do you need to adjust, if anything? Right? I found that working out in the morning no longer worked for me. I'm more productive in the morning and want to get my focus work done. I will work out in the afternoon. So I had to make that adjustment. So again, what do you need to adjust, if anything? Make those adjustments and test it out again. And so this is continually going to be a work in progress. And remember, you can always refer back to episodes two through five again after you've worked through your ideal week. It's really the same process of evaluating, connecting and listening, innovating and thinking big so you can reshape your schedule to your priorities in life and in work. All right, friends, if you have any questions about this process, please feel free to reach out. Join us in the Structured Flow community at emilyallen.co forward slash structured flow so you don't stay stuck or overwhelmed or even slip back into your old habits or just have questions in general about how to develop your structured flow. I'm here to help you make structured flow a reality in your life. Until next time, take care and be well. Remember, bad habits are easier to create than good ones, but creating a good schedule and an ideal week for your tasks and activities that you can stick with will help you form good habits and break the bad ones for a more productive and happier life. Thank you again for tuning in. It means so much to me that you're here, and I'll see you in the next episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. Plus, feel free to leave a review and ask any questions.